Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark, and I am starting with a trip down memory lane. Oh. So when I was a kid, uh, I was part of a large immigrant farm family. And the best part of being part of this family, well, there are a lot of good parts, but the best part was that there was a lot of fried chicken that got made. Uh, Sundays after church, uh, my grandmother and my great aunts would fry chicken. Oh, my batch and uh, there was nothing better than sitting down at the table you know everybody would, would come home from church um, and it would be about two o'clock before we'd finally sit down to dinner and there would be these platters of fried chicken and I can still if I just close my eyes I can imagine what that crunch feels like and tastes like and it was hot it was delicious it and all, what did they fry them in they fr- well they fried them in mostly Crisco when I was a kid but they sometimes put a little lard in it but mostly Crisco uh, well I know a lard is good but Crisco was kind of um, you know they were people who had survived the Great Depression and not just my mother's and <laughs> they thought they saw Crisco as a as a as a kind of convenience product you were very lucky my fried chicken memories as a child consisted of chicken delight <laughs> and the greasy bucket it was a fried chicken place that was near our house <laughs> oh. which later um, was sold to KFC and Kentucky Fried Chicken moved in but Chicken oh. Delight was basically deep fried chicken parts that were seasoned parts. and had no breading or flour on them at all wait what? they would just season them and deep fry them wait, and then so dump them in a bucket you would, you would put a ch- you, so you would season the skin skin yeah, on yeah skin on and then, and then they would just dump them in the deep fryer and they would do the same thing with ribs. What? So we would get a bucket of deep fried ribs and a bucket of but fried chicken things. Didn't they, they're not really crunchy. Yeah, but they were greasy. Yeah. The, the buckets became like clear. Oh. You could see oh. Well, now listen, they, what we had was greasy too. And they were very, my, well, my great aunts and grandmother were very concerned about the temperature of the oil, constantly checking it to make sure that the oil was hot enough and you couldn't add too many pieces to the pan at any one time, right? Because it drops the temperature of the oil. That's a rule for all deep frying because yeah, when you put yeah. something cold into a pan of hot oil, the temperature drops. And it's got to heat back up. And meanwhile, while it's heating up, everything soaks up all the oil. Okay, so now that I've had this reminiscence, now I'm going to say that now I'm in my late 50s. And, you know, I mean, I shouldn't be eating fried chicken all the time. Um, (laughs) No, I like to think of it as a luxury. (laughs) I mean, as we say, every other day, not every day. (laughs) And I shouldn't be eating all the time. Now, mind you, I'm telling you this, and all my relatives lived into their late 80s. So I I don't know. But uh, and even into their 90s. But um, <laughs> but somehow, I guess I shouldn't be eating it quite as much. And uh, there is a workaround. And that workaround is... The air fryer. Oh, there you go. So we did an episode on what air frying is all about. Um, we did tell everyone that we have an air frying book coming out in November. The Essential and Air so Fryer Cookbook. Today, we're actually going to make two kinds of fried chicken in the air fryer. Um, so that we can show the difference between recreating Mark's grandmother's fried chicken right and to make what we talked about in the last podcast my boneless skinless chicken thighs coated in panko and ground pork rinds okay that's really over the top but let's just start where we're starting which is the basic fried chicken in an air fryer and basically what you want to do to make this is you want to soak 
four bone in skin on chicken thighs in about you don't have to be exact here one and a half cups of buttermilk it doesn't have to be exact no it does not um you want to then just put that buttermilk in a bowl one and quarter one and a half one and three quarters cups something like that wait i want to stop for a second because it's the first time ever mark as the writer on our team is telling me i don't have to be exact i know normally it's like tell me exactly how much I you know. used um so anyway i'm being lenient so you put the buttermilk in the bowl put the chicken in it stir it around so it's everything's coated and then stick it in the refrigerator and there's two things here a it must go in the refrigerator it must because there's food safety issues and two you want to stir it a couple times while it's in there to make sure everything remains coated wait and three no i guess this is c and c (laughs) one two and c and c it cannot be in the buttermilk more than 30 minutes there are bacterial growth problems that can begin to happen buttermilk is a cultured product with bacteria in it just like yogurt and you don't want that bacteria sitting around on the raw meat too long this is actually true of cultured buttermilk and i I don't even most people even know this that most of the buttermilk you find in supermarkets is not buttermilk like the old days when it was the stuff left over from making butter and most people don't even know that's what it is that's right when you make butter by hand which is beating cream until the butter falls mm. out of suspension, the fat falls out of suspension, clumps together as butter. That watery, milky liquid left behind is buttermilk. Right. And you can find it in some high-end organic stores. Um, but mostly what is sold as buttermilk in the U.S. is a thick, cultured, almost pourable yogurt product. That's right. If you know anything, it's closer to kefir than mm-hmm. it is to actual buttermilk. That's right. Um, so if you look and uh, you don't trust us, look on the label. It'll say cultured buttermilk. Yep. It says it right there on the label. Again, Bruce is right. There are some, the, especially from those high-end uh, butter manufacturers like Kate's, yep. right? Kate's makes uh, the pure, real buttermilk. And you'll notice if you buy mm. it, it's thin. Right. It's not a thick, rich liquid. It's a thin, watery, milky thing that's a little sour, and it doesn't have the shelf life so that culture does. Either will work here, but the cultured, standard American, North American buttermilk is better for this recipe, right? right? Is that right? It but is. Either will work. But again, 30 minutes is your outer limit in the refrigerator in the buttermilk. Right. So what happens next? So I took them out of the buttermilk, and now they're sitting here on the counter, and I'm going to dredge them in seasoned flour. Okay. So what I have is one cup of flour. What kind of flour? I'm using all-purpose flour here. It's the writer. And I have two teaspoons of regular paprika. What kind of paprika? This is regular sweet paprika. Oh, there you go. And we have two teaspoons of table salt. You can use kosher salt, but table's better here because it spreads better in the salt. accurate. Two teaspoons of onion powder and a teaspoon of garlic powder. Now, those are powders, not salt. I don't want you using onion salt and garlic salt because we already have salt in it. Right. So those get mixed together. I've turned the air fryer on to 350. And before these go in there, so I'm going to dredge them around in this flour. Okay. And let me say something about this while you dredge them around. Food waste is a real concern in this world, and it is a serious problem. However, there is no way that you can use exactly the amount of flour for these that would coat them with no waste. Yeah, it's sad, but it's it's true. It's sad, and that is the problem of dredging. And we fought this for a long time. I desperately wanted us to figure out a way to use, you know, I don't know, three and a quarter tablespoons of flour per chicken thigh. But the problem is you could we couldn't get an even coating. And so um, we just we just had to give in. So there'll be a little extra this flour in now. Before these go in there, I'm Please gonna spray them. Explain how you dredged it. So I basically I just put I shook off the extra buttermilk and I dropped them into the bowl of flour and seasonings. 
and then I turned them over and I picked them up in my hands and I shook them around and I made sure they were well coated and evenly coated, shook off the extra flour and set it aside. Okay, now. Now, they're going to get sprayed with a thin coating of my vegetable oil spray before they go in the air fryer. Don't spray anything when it's already in the basket or on the shelf because the oil's going to spray around and hit the, the fan and hit the... the Burner yeah. coil yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. make a mess. No, I should say that that when we were working with air fryers, we learned that that is the number one reason air fryers smoke, right? And set off the smoke alarms in your house is that you have sprayed things directly into the basket. Yeah, you have, and that's a real problem. So, so you spray them outside and you coat them, and this oil is really important because it's going to help set the coating and it's going to help make that coating crunchy. And you, you don't have to get them soggy with oil right it's a it's a decent spray but not a soggy generous spray is that fair yes you just want a light coating just to moisten the flour so that it doesn't burn and dry could out. you use olive oil spray of course you could okay so these are going in i'm closing the drawer and we're going to set the timer on the air fryer for 25 minutes they don't need to be turned they're going to cook because yeah. the beautiful fan blows the air all around them great and while these cook we are going to make well, I want to call it a healthier version of real <laughs> fried chicken. Um, it's not healthy. There's it's healthier nothing. than being deep fried, but mm. this this next recipe mm. we're going to work on is probably my favorite recipe. One heart in attack the is better than two. Book. Yeah, one heart attack is better than two. Um, no. Anyway, um, <laughs> you have a lot of arteries in your heart. Yeah, they'll just use another one. Well, a single bypass is better than a double. <laughs> Um, anyway, no, this is a deli- I'm kidding around. This is a delicious uh, recipe, and we talked about this in the previous podcast. And basically, this is coating these things in panko breadcrumbs. And yeah, and ground pork rinds. Oh so I have a food processor here, and in the food processor, I have three ounces of bagged pork rinds, and I'm not using flavored ones. These are plain pork rinds, and three tablespoons of panko, and one teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, and a half a teaspoon of cayenne. That's that's a lot of cayenne. For some people, that would be a lot. For me, that's not too much. But for a lot of people, that would be a lot. You can cut that down if you want. Um, right? Is that fair? You can. Um, but remember, you're not going to be using it all. Because right. as we talked about the waste, unfortunately, there will be some of this left over that you can't reuse or save either. So now you're going to grind that up? So that's being ground up fine. And then what you need to do for me is beat these two egg whites with four teaspoons of water. What kind of egg whites? These are large egg whites. Gee, and Mark's you would think that I was the writer of these books. What kind of egg whites? Large and egg whites. Mark's doing that in a Should pie plate. Should we ever say plate. large chicken egg whites? <laughs> I think that's a given. Really? You don't think that people large are Large human, human egg whites? Oh, lo- uh, <laughs> this is like a horror movie. <laughs> okay, so two large egg whites. And he's doing that in a pie plate so that it'll be nice and flat and we can get the boneless, skinless um, chicken thighs dredged coated beautifully in that beaten egg white. Okay, so it's two egg whites beaten with four teaspoons of water. Mm-hmm. just want to make sure that's clear. And now we're ready. So now we're going to pour these breadcrumb uh, pork rind mixture into a second pie plate, and we're going to dip the chicken first in the beaten egg white to moisten it, and so that the, the breadcrumb pork rind mixture will stick. And then we're going to put it into the second plate with the breadcrumb pork rind mixture, turn it over, pat it in, and make sure it's nicely coated even when you do it with all of them. Okay, now I, I should say that there are uh, seasoned pork rinds out there, right? There are, I'm sure, all kinds of flavors at this point. I know there are chili hot ones, and I know that there are vinegar and salt ones because I've seen those. There's, God, there's probably, I don't know, cake donut flavored pork mm, rinds out if there. If you use those, leave the seasonings out. 
<laughs> including the cake donut. Including the cake donut. Okay, friends. great. So and now they're all coated, and I'm going to put them in the drawer of a second air fryer here that's set at 375, but I'm not spraying them. We talked about this in the last um, in the last podcast, and why am I not spraying them, Mark? Uh, because there's so much fat in, the, in those ground pork rinds. There's really no reason here. Uh, it would just be gilding the lily, as they say. So... Um, you don't need to, you just put it in and these are going to cook for about 14 minutes. And this is again, what I want to say is so amazing about the air fryer because it is such an intense Scirocco of heat blowing around these things that we don't have to fuss with them. No. We don't have to turn them over. We don't have to mess with them. They just go in the basket and 14 minutes later, they're going to come out as unbelievably crunchy. Now I will say that these have a taste that is unbeatable because of the pork rinds. It tastes like mm. this chicken mm. was deep fried mm. in lard. It is better for you than deep frying chicken in lard because you're still, even with eating those pork rinds, having less fat than if you deep fried them in lard. I don't care. So it's they're just healthier delicious. and they are delicious. I so don't care. When they're done, we're going to let them cool a bit and then we're going to come back and taste them. So the chicken is all done, both the chicken that is bone-in and skin-on, like Mark's grandmother used to make, mm. which is the flour seasoning mixture, mm -hmm. and the chicken coated in the crumbs. And I am going to now. Let me just say, take a bite up, of the yeah, chicken. You with eat the crumbs, that, but I have to, to to give my grandmother her due. You put those, you put those mm. things in buttermilk, right? Mm -hmm. um, but my grandmother didn't use a liquid. She just put chicken in seasoned flour. But we used buttermilk for more taste. It gives it a nice sour taste. And it also helps in the air fryer to set a good coating. It also actually tenderizes a little bit. It right. makes the chicken a little more tender. Mark's going to put chicken in his mouth. Mm. Okay. I think I want to eat this every day. Mm. So now I'm going to try it. I'm going to try your grandmother's version now. Mm. And... Mm. I'm going to try it without oh any God. condiment, but I can tell you that I'm going to probably want to put some, like, pick a pepper or something on it. I I, mm. I mm. can honestly say that from my taste, this I, they probably both need a little extra salt. Fried foods just crave salt. And if I, if I were doing it for me, I would put a little salt on it when it came right out of the air fryer while it's hot. You don't have to. We seasoned up that breadcrumb mixture a lot. I just tend to like fried foods to be super salty. Does this bring back memories? Um, yes, it does. Um, and all those memories for me are good. And it, it's a, it's kind of an amazing thing. And I think fried chicken is a lost art. And I think it making it at home, even if you don't go the chicharronis route. Maybe more. Um <laughs> is just a fabulous way to have, a, I don't know what, a celebration dinner with your whole family. Mm -hmm. um, I should say that both of these recipes appear on our YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And there, uh, you won't see us, you'll just see Bruce's hands doing it, but you'll mm -hmm. actually see the recipes being made. So if you missed any of this or you want to actually see the technique of them being made in the air fryer, check out that channel on YouTube. Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Right. It's the same name as this podcast. And please... Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm still eating. You won't miss a recipe. You won't miss an episode. And tell your friends about it because we want more people to listen and have fun with us on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. 